Welcome to the Wealth Done Differently Retirement Podcast. Danielle Howard, a certified financial planner, shares insight into the financial tools, techniques, and temperaments needed to make the most of your retirement dollars and relationships. Danielle bridges the gap between Wall Street and Main Street, bringing complex financial topics down to earth. Danielle will educate and inspire you as you define and refine your version of prosperity. Hello and welcome to another podcast with Danielle Howard. As we continue to peel back the onion, layers and layers deeper within our conversation, things start happening. And one of the things that Danielle talks about in her book that happens is you start uncovering money scripts which are like kind of tapes that play in your brain about how you feel about money and also attitudes about money. So, Danielle, I'm really excited to learn about this from you. So let's talk about what these scripts are. Give us some examples of some scripts. Walk us through this. Hi, Matt. There has been a lot of work done in this area, but it's only kind of coming to the surface as far as how it is playing out in our in our lives. We've all experienced, you know, people who, you know, money is just a, an easygoing thing for them or money is like the last thing they want to talk about. Well, if we're starting to have these conversations, we're going to have a better sense of who we are and how our relationship plays into our behaviors. So we want to look at our belief systems and where those came from. When, when I talk about a money script, we all have scripts running around in our head about a variety of different things, about what, you know, what we, how we think we, we look or uh, how we have relationships with other people. When we look at money, those scripts have been written in our heads over a lifetime. And as I'm working with retirees, pre-retirees, and people who are kind of looking at that uh, retirement horizon sometime in the next 10 to 15 years, we need to address some of those. Are they serving you or are they holding you back? As I look at what people's money scripts are, again, it's about asking questions. And one of the questions you can ask yourself or somebody close to you as you're sitting down at dinner tonight is, what are some of your early memories around money? And not only around money, but maybe how money came into your life. So what was your first experience around earning money? Or what was your first experience over receiving money? What was your early memories around giving money? Or what was the first spending choice you made? What did you what did you buy? And how did that work out for you? This really uncovers a lot of where people, uh, how people feel about their money, if they've had positive or negative experiences. And what I find is that based on those early memories, you are going to uncover behavior patterns. Uh, we, we've, we've heard of people taking a scripture quote, which I've heard my entire life, the love of money is the root of all evil. And I have heard that misquoted so many times as to money is the root of all evil. And you can really take a divergent path, whichever thought process is in your head. So if you believe that money is the root of all evil, what behaviors come out of that? 
All right, so you may have a belief system that money is evil. And I've heard this over and over again through my 23 years of working with clients. If you believe that money is evil, that may impact what career choice you have. And it may even not be a evil evil, but money is bad. It's going to impact the career choice. It may impact your uh, ability to bring money into your life with integrity and dignity because you think money is bad. You need to decide, is this mindset serving me or has it held me back? Money is just a tool. It doesn't have a character, but sometimes we let it overcome our behaviors and overcome our mindsets to lead us in directions that don't serve us. So as you ask yourself, what type of memories do I have around different areas of money, my money experience? And we look at, is that mindset helping me or is it holding me back? And is there something I need to rewrite? Is there something that I need to consider? Uh, And what would it take for me to make a 1% change in that attitude or that thought? Or is ask myself, is that always true? So for example, if you believe that money is bad, can you find some examples of when money is good? You know, if it provides people with their basic needs and it's a just an, a medium of exchange and it can provide you with with things that are necessary for life, there are times when money is good. It can be invested in companies that are doing good in the world and making good rates of return, but providing a good corporate culture and and, you know, providing a good rate of return. Money can be used for good. It can also be used for evil. So we need to choose which direction we want to go. As we look at our, our money scripts, understanding that they're not right or wrong, they just are, mm. and, and understanding that what do we need to look at, at changing if we want to change Some people are perfectly comfortable with their mindsets around money and they like being in a hole, whatever the hole that may be in. But if you want to, you know, grow and thrive and bring about facilitate change in your life, what 1% direction do you want to head? Because that's going to take you in an entirely different trajectory. I love that you just said the the thoughts around it aren't good or bad they just are that's a super super powerful statement now when you run up against these uh, against again i'm i'm making it pejorative right i'm making it a negative but when you when you uncover these scripts or attitudes about money what 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 do you do i mean how do you navigate that i will give you a personal my own personal life i have a preponderance of my pecuniary personality is going to be towards being a planner, being a saver. Gosh, that's why I'm in the industry I'm in. (laughs) But I can have that be an opportunity or it can be an obstacle in my life. And for many, many years, it was an obstacle in that I didn't like to spend money. I would just want to save it all. 
And that can lead me to be a hoarder. It can lead me to be fearful about life. It can lead me to not experience things in my my life and use my money for, for things that bring me joy. So it took me a while to understand my own financial personality, maybe where that came from, both my genetic makeup and my, you know, the my family history and you know, what my environment had laid out for me. So yeah, it's a, it's a combination of a lot of moving parts that led me to be in that place of, I'm going to be a planner and I am going to be a good saver, but understanding that that inherent in it is both an opportunity and it can hold me back. So I needed to come into balance with that, understanding the positive aspects of being a planner and understanding what, you know, what I'm missing out on because I was a really good saver. And in that, I was able to balance out my life. I was able to learn a little bit more on how to enjoy the moment, on spending money on things that that feed my soul and, you know, are important to me. And as I walk along other alongside other people and I have tools that I'm able to use to just create an awareness. I'm not here to judge. I'm on a journey myself. So as we we look at that journey in everybody's life, if it's something that uh, that part of that money script or that personality that is holding them back and they want to change it, we might step into some action steps. Well, dip your toes into this. If, uh, For example, myself, I had to be comfortable with maybe going out to eat a little more often and being within safe spending boundaries, enjoying it instead of going, wow, I could have, you know, put that aside for down the road. I needed to learn more how to enjoy my, my, my day. It was maybe being a little more spontaneous and being willing to part with a dollar. <laughs> so I'm, I'm being transparent here. This was, this was a journey for me. Uh, and, and other people as they are on their journey need to just say, what area would I like to cultivate? What area would I like to step into a little bit that's going to help me bring some balance to my life and help me enjoy my life a little bit more. Now, you just said something about money attitudes. There are different attitudes you've uncovered, right? So you kind of just talked about one. I'm assuming that that kind of planner, very cautious is one. What are the other money attitudes? You can be carefree with your money, that money isn't really a priority in your life. It just happens. You can be a giver with your money, that it helps you feel good by helping others. Money may provide status in your life. It helps you to present you know, that positive in- image. Money can be security. It can be that means to help you feel safe and that you're in control. And money can provide spontaneity, that you uh, use money to just enjoy the moment. So, yeah, again, there are no right and wrong with these general money attitudes, but you want to understand the opportunities and the challenges inherent in each one of them in order to optimize your financial potential. And you can they they can be overlapping, right? So it's not black and white. There's a a swirl. You can be a little bit of a bunch of those, right? 
Most definitely. Okay. Most people will have combinations. They will see a preponderance in, in one area and they may feel, oh, there's no way I would even ever want to be, you know, that that other part. But bot- bottom line is you want to have a little bit of all of these mm-hmm. to have a, a robust, vital, thriving financial life. And when you're having this conversation, you have an ultimate goal with talking about the scripts, talking about money attitudes. What is the goal and why is this goal so important? I think it's important for people to understand who they are and the opportunities and challenges And I think it's also important for you to understand who the other people are in your life. So, for example, my husband was more of the the spontaneous person and I was more of the planner. And so you combine those two and you wonder why 50 percent of marriages end in divorce over money, because what happens is people will end up polarizing as time goes by. Oh, you never save any money. Well, you never have any fun. And you go in opposite directions. Or you can recognize those personalities, understand that they're not right or wrong, let go of the blame and let go of the shame, and then understand the opportunities inherent in that. And my husband was able to see, wow, it is important that we plan and that we save and that we give. And I had to embrace, yes, we need to be a little bit more spontaneous and I need to be a little bit more carefree with my money. So I was able to bring those aspects out over time and it has helped us to build a a better communication. It's helped us to make wiser decisions with our money because we're able to spend within safe boundaries, have some fun with it while we're still planning for, you know, our future and the goals that we have. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It it is really shocking how many people money is one of the major causations or motivations for, for divorce. And in a lot of them aren't having these conversations, right? And that's, that's where somebody like you can come in and have these conversations and uncover a lot of different things uh, I, I absolutely love this. I think this is a, a whole bunch of fun. What, what else do we need to know that's under the surface? I think it all boils back down to core values. There's a lot of resources out there that uh, you can just go to values.com and refresh yourself on what is a value? <laughs> what is what is important to me? I think that we have let the the social media and and our world just press in on us and tell us what we're supposed to think is important. And we've gotten away from taking a deep breath, looking at ourselves, having simple, profound conversations about what's truly important in life. And that's that's where we need to start. So come back to those basic conversations. Why is money important to us? What are we wanting to have it do for us as we move into our our retirement, our fall season of life? All that changes because, you know, we're done the kids where we our goals used to be around well let's get the kids through their advanced education or let's look at what it's gonna look like to have that second home down the road our whole life starts to the the paradigm changes as we move into that rewirement phase and we need to revisit that what is now important is it important for us to travel is it important for us to give back to community is important for us to be vital 
participants in our children and our grandchildren's lives. And I think there's some under undergirding values that everybody, they're going to be a little bit different for everyone, but how are our financial decisions supporting us in, in, in living out those values? What are their, what, what are their steps? Obviously they can, they can go ahead and they can buy your book, right? Which would be super awesome, which is your financial revolution. What other tools do you have to help initiate these conversations or podcasts or Ted talks or or anything like that? (laughs) Thanks for asking, Matt. (laughs) People can go and download a copy of my Monetary Manifesto on my website, wealthbydesign4letteru.com. You can learn about my eight-week retirement course, refirement course, where we're going to help you clarify your values and look at all the tools you have to, to, you know, your financial tools. And that's at daniellehoward4letteru.com. There are workshops that we can facilitate. We can open up those conversations in intimate settings, and we can work with you one-on-one. Check that out at wealthbydesign4letteru.com. All sorts of different ways that, that we can walk alongside you in this process. Well, Danielle, thank you very much for your thought leadership again today. You're welcome, Matt. Thanks for having me. And we will make sure that all of those links that Danielle just talked about are going to be in the show notes. And uh, once again, uh, just make sure that if this podcast did resonate with you and there's somebody that you know, just click that share now button below. That way you can share this wisdom with many other people, because I'm sure in your life there are people who really do have money scripts, who have very interesting attitudes that might need to be adjusted surrounding money, and also making sure that people are connecting their values with their money so that they feel like they're more in control. For Danielle Howard, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Done Differently Retirement Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wealth by Design, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Danielle Howard, Certified Financial Planner, is an investment advisor representative of Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., a broker-dealer, member FINRA SIPC. Cambridge and Wealth by Design, LLC are not affiliated. 